Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of European radio stations. Western allies can certainly talk the talk on Russia, but are they finally preparing to walk the walk when it comes to sanctions? We also look at Macron's proposal to establish abortion as a fundamental right and Slovenia's reform of its penal code. The EU, US and UK seem to be inching ever closer to agreeing a package of sanctions to impose on Russia if it invades Ukraine. Coming up with deterrents that would wreak sufficient havoc in Russia without causing a major headache for EU countries that rely on Russian gas supplies has proved a significant challenge. The Commission is currently holding talks with individual capitals in order to secure an agreement that will ultimately be backed by all. With more than a million Ukrainians living and working in Poland, the events unfolding in the region lie particularly close to Warsaw's heart. Jarosław Sashajko, an MP from Poland's right-wing populist group Kukiz 15, stressed to Polsky Radio that the EU, and most notably its largest political group, should be showing Moscow that it means business if it wants to discourage a Russian incursion into Ukraine. The European People's Party, which has ruled the European Union for years, has strong tools at its disposal to stop things escalating and to provide a sufficient deterrent to stop Russia trying to attack Ukraine. Because Russia will not attack if it knows that this will not pay off economically. EPP member and chair of the Parliament's Foreign Affairs Committee, David McAllister, was actually in Ukraine this week, leading a fact-finding parliamentary mission. McAllister told Monday's press conference in the port of Mariupol that the EP's delegates were keen to show solidarity with the Ukrainian people, as AMS highlights. We are here, nine colleagues from different political backgrounds and different political parties. We are here in Ukraine to gather information about what's going on. And we are here to show solidarity, solidarity with Ukraine and its citizens in in this hour of uncertainty. The European Parliament has been very clear in its call on Russia to de-escalate the situation. This conflict, this crisis can only be solved through diplomatic means. Committee co-chair Nathalie Loiseau added that we stand ready to take unprecedented sanctions against Russia. On this subject, Slovenian Commissioner Janesz Lenarcic told a press conference in Brussels that the Commission is working on a sanctions proposal and preparing for all possible scenarios. RTV Slow reports. The European Commission, for example, proposes trade and similar sanctions, which are ultimately decided on by the legislators, the Council and Parliament. The Council of the European Union is the final link in the decision-making chain, with unanimous agreement required from member states before sanctions can be imposed. But the EU forms part of a much broader alliance, one that includes NATO, the UK and the US. Indeed, Washington has agreed to send thousands of additional troops to support its NATO allies in Eastern Europe as a strong signal to Moscow and the rest of the world. Poland's Deputy Foreign Minister, Paweł Jabłonski, said that the aim of this international alliance is to guarantee the security of Ukraine, which in turn safeguards the security of the EU. Polski Radio has the story. This cooperation, be it with Great Britain or in the broader framework of NATO or the European Union, the activities of Polish diplomacy, the activities of our allies' diplomacy are aimed at guaranteeing the security of Ukraine, because from our perspective, the security of the entire continent depends in the long term on Ukraine.
Germany's new chancellor, Olaf Scholz, meanwhile faces criticism on social media for his silence on this subject, among others, says AMS. In response to the recurring question, wo ist Olaf Scholz, he told public television broadcaster CDF on Wednesday that he would be making his presence felt in both Washington and Moscow. We are intensively engaged with all our allied partners in the European Union on the issue of Ukraine. Hardly anything concerns us more. I have, of course, also spoken to the Russian president and we are making the necessary preparations now. I am traveling to the US now. I will also be speaking in Moscow about the key matters there. And the important thing is that coordinated policy takes place here as far as the EU and NATO are concerned. But it is also about enabling well-prepared decisions to be taken, which is only possible through hard work. The situation is very serious. In his European Parliament address on the 19th of January to mark the start of the French Council presidency, Emmanuel Macron cited his desire to update the European Charter of Fundamental Rights, making explicit reference to environmental protection and incorporating the right to abortion. The timing of Macron's proposal, coming as it did just a day after the election of anti-abortionist EPP member Roberta Metzola as Parliament president, makes it likely that Macron's intention was to assuage the concerns of the radical left and the Greens regarding this appointment. After all, Metzola was backed by all the main political groups, including Macron's liberals in Renew Europe. In the EU, there are only two member states that do not allow abortion, either on request or on broad social grounds. Metzola's native Malta and Poland, where a near-total ban came into effect a year ago. RTBF picked the brains of Marianne Dony, president of the Centre for European Law in Brussels, on how realistic it was for this key EU charter to be revised in this way. Dony highlighted that firstly, there is no agreed mechanism for revising the Charter of Fundamental Rights. Le problème, c'est que... The problem is that no text indicates how the Charter of Fundamental Rights can be revised. Because on the one hand, the Charter of Fundamental Rights is a simple text that was proclaimed by the three institutions, the European Council, Commission and Parliament. This text, which was proclaimed by these three institutions, was drawn up using an ad hoc convention that no longer exists. And then as an additional problem, there is no mention anywhere of the procedures to be used to revise this Charter. I would tend to say that since it has the same value as the treaties, it should be amended in the same way. This, of course, means not only unanimous agreement, but also ratification by all member states, not to mention the can of worms such an exercise could open. Dony goes on to add that even if there were a realistic way of amending the Charter, any inclusion of the right to abortion would be merely symbolic. As abortion law is not a union competence, we would have a totally empty text. I think that it would even to some extent undermine the Charter of Fundamental Rights. Last week, European Chief Prosecutor Laura Kovesi expressed her deep concerns about a proposed reform of Slovenia's Statute of Limitations, which could massively impede any investigations by the European Public Prosecutor's Office involving Slovenia. The reform in question would drastically reduce the time the EPPO had to investigate suspected fraud against the EU budget in Slovenia, with several cases that are currently underway even having to be shut down. A statement from the EPPO said that such a move would represent a de facto amnesty in many cases. Commenting on the recent storm, Slovenian Commissioner Janis Lenarcic said that he was hopeful that the proposed changes would not now be implemented. 
Of course, prior to this matter going up for discussion at the Slovenian National Assembly's plenary session, the Chief Prosecutor warned, quite rightly, that this was not the right path to take. This is how I understood her letter. But I also understand from the signals coming out of Slovenia that these changes will not now go ahead, which I think is good for Slovenia. Make sure you come back next week for another trip around the Euronet Plus network.